we begin a new year. And, and that's, that gives me an opportunity, if I look at it that way, uh, to challenge you uh, to, to step out and, and to step in to something that God would have you to, to do and to accomplish for His glory. And what happens oftentimes, if we're not careful, is we can be given this opportunity and, and find ourselves kind of stuck in the old year. You know, we're still kind of battling battles that, that, that are in our past. And, and, and God says, I, I've got something new. I've got something fresh, something exciting for you. And so I, I want to I challenge you. Let, let me go ahead and put this verse on the screen real quick in Revelation uh, chapter 21. I want you to, oh wait, is it on the screen? Is that the screen? No, that's, that's in our Bibles. That's right. Thank you, Ken. I'm, I'm all, look at Revelation 21. I've got a bunch of verses for the screen, but I want you to see this real quick as I introduce the message. Look at verse 20, uh, verse 5 of, of chapter 21. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. So God said that, that I want to make all things new. Now, sometimes we struggle with that because everything that we have in our country, as far as spiritual things are concerned, is rooted in the old time religion. How many of you need to worship God? Raise your hand. Sorry, guys. I didn't, I wouldn't look. Yeah, great. We got a few, mainly in the front. <laughs> All right. We're getting you. I'm sorry. Thanks, guys. I, I, I wasn't looking up. I was looking, looking down. Um, so so we, we tend sometimes to think, okay, wait a minute. Our forefathers settled this nation on the basis of an old-time religion. They came here for the purpose uh, of worshiping God. And we see that on our currency, many dozens and even hundreds of years later, in God we trust. So no one who is an honest historian can read the history of the United States of America and not see the working of an almighty God in this nation. The Bible has always been the answer. And that's since the very beginning of our country. And we understand that. And so we look back into the history of our country and we see that there is something that we can consider to be old, if you will. Uh, but, But yet I'm, I'm proposing a new thought this morning for the new year. I'm asking you to enter into an understanding with me that takes a little bit of thinking for the first few moments to really kind of get the concept, okay? Here's my my beginning statement is this, and that is we're going to find out that the old-time religion is really the new-time religion, which is the all-time religion, which is the any-time religion, because God never changes. What I mean by that is this, okay? It is as fresh today for me to preach this message from an old book, from a verse that's been around a lot longer than any of us have, from a passage of Scripture that dates back, uh, you know, thousands of years. But this morning, it's new, it's fresh, it's exciting. It's kind of like what Mo said, and I didn't even stage it that way, but Mo said this, we're going to sing a new rendition of an old song. Did you get that? Did you pick up on that? He said, we're going to sing in a new way something that's been around a while. You know what some of us are doing? We're just, we've just been around a while. We've just kind of been around a while. And you know, it's kind of like we get stuck in this thinking that says, 
you know, uh, well, we've just always done it that way. And, and there's nothing wrong with that because a lot of things we've always done are not bad things. But if they're not done with new and exciting and fresh, and, then guess what? We're going we're to lose a new generation. And this new year will just be the same old stuff. And can I tell you something I'm not interested in? Is living the new year just with the same old stuff. I need something fresh. I need something new. I need something uh, to, to inspire me to go on to do greater things for God. So I come to the end of something. I come to the beginning of something greater. And you don't get to greater without understanding that the old is really the new. So if you want something new, try something old. And if you want something old, try something new. You say, I'm confused. So hang in there. It's coming, all right? We're going to look at it in the Bible. We're going to find the emphasis on the new in Scripture. And I want you to see if you can see this, this new time religion and how we can keep the new in the new year. And maybe the best way to describe the old time religion is to give it a new name. And that is a new time religion, which is really, again, the all time religion. It's the way it's always been. It's new, it's fresh, it's exciting. Here it is, number one. Where do we learn about this new time religion? First of all, we learned about it in the New Testament. Amen? A New Testament. Now, there is an Old Testament, and there is a New Testament. The Old Testament has 39 books in it. The New Testament has 27 books in it. But here's what's interesting about the Old Testament and the New Testament. Are you ready? Are you ready for this? They have the same message. No, 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 Pastor, the Old Testament's about the history of Israel. Can I tell you something that may be true? And there's a lot of history of Israel in the Old Testament. But I want to tell you something that sometimes we forget is the entire Old Testament is pointing to Jesus Christ. Every bit of it from Genesis to Malachi. You look at it, you read it, you study it. The, 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 the Jesus that we preached this morning was the Jesus that was someone they were looking to in the New Testament. You see, the Old Testament is about Jesus. The New Testament is about Jesus. He is the sweetest name I know. And he's just the same as he's always been. He's the same yesterday, Old Testament. He's the same today, New Testament. And he'll be the same forever. And that's for all eternity in heaven. Isn't that beautiful? You see, so the Old Testament says somebody is coming, but the New Testament says somebody is coming again. The Old Testament says that our sins were covered, but the New Testament says that our sins are cleansed. In the Bible, the Old Testament and the New Testament is all about Jesus. In the Old Testament, religion uh, is, is more external. It's more about what's on the outside. But in the New Testament, it's more internal and eternal. <laughs> but, but it's all about Jesus. And we don't understand that. We, that's why I want to encourage you this morning when it comes to this thought of, of, of the New Testament, where it all starts. Because it all starts with the Bible. And hopefully, today, some of you finished your Bible reading for the year. You had your devotions this morning, and you read maybe the last chapter in the Old Testament and the last chapter in the New Testament, and you said for maybe the first time or the second time, or, or for some of us that have been saved a long time and, and have kind of carried a, a somewhat of a, of a read-your-Bible-through calendar every year, which has kind of been a, a, a habit in my life that I've enjoyed reading. 
the Bible through every year. And I did it again and finished. Actually, I finished six days early, so I got a head start. I like it, a head start, you know, because you have those days where you miss, you know. So you need a few grace moments, right? Amen? Okay, good. Just check it. And uh, some of you are looking for some of that grace today. You're going to be reading your Bible all day, all right? That's okay, um, especially after this point, right? But uh, no, here's the, the truth is, is you don't have to read your Bible through every year, but I'm going to challenge you to do that because you're going to be so blessed as you get in the Word of God and find out that it's fresh, it's new, it's exciting. Listen, this morning, uh, when I approached this, this, this sermon, this verse, these verses I'm, I'm going to read, this moment that I'm standing before you for the, what, thousandth time? How many times is 25 years times one, two, three, sometimes four and five times a week in different areas? How, how many times have I preached? Thousands? Is this just, you know, well, here we go again, you know? Boy, I, I hope they can endure the message, and I hope I can endure it, you know. I mean, it's not, you know, this is probably the, I don't know how many times I've preached out of the book of Revelation, you know. I hope they're not bored. Can I tell you, that has not crossed my mind until just now. <laughs> Honestly, I, I, I'm so excited about what God has for me today, to give to you today. And I'll be more excited next Sunday. You say, how is that possible? This is the Word of God. It's fresh. It's new. His mercies are new every morning. The Word of God is new. It's fresh. It's exciting. Uh, even God said in the Old Testament, I want to do something new. I want to do something new. And too many people are living with an old, woe is me, you know, the man, you know, yeah, well, you know, this happened and that happened. No, no, listen, it is found in a New Testament. There is something new about what God is doing in our church. And I encourage you to, to get in the Word and get something new. Get something new. It's there. It's exciting. Number two, not only do we learn about it in the New Testament, but we enter it by a new birth. A new birth. You, you do know that's necessary. This is something that all of us need to have experienced before we die. If we're going to live forever in eternity with Jesus in heaven is we must have been, what's the Bible call it? Born again. Can't just be born once, got to be born twice. Let me tell you how John puts it in chapter 3. He says, Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot. Doesn't sound like a lot of gray area there. Not a lot of gray area. He, he cannot. Someone who is not born of the Spirit. Obviously, you've got to be born of water. You've got to be born the first time. You've you, you got to come through the womb. I mean, that's got to happen. You've got to be alive before you can, you can be born of the Spirit. But if you're not born of the Spirit, you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Because that which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the Spirit, though, the Spirit. Moreover not that I say unto you, you must be born again. This is the new birth. This is not... Your birthday, this is your spiritual birthday. This, for me, is not April the 1st, 1965. This, for me, is September the 1st, 1978. The day I was born again. I love the way that Peter puts it in 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 2. He says, as newborn babes. <laughs> as newborn babes. He's, he might be talking here to somebody that's 80. Or 70, or 60, or 50, or 40, or 30, or 20, or 10. What does it mean, newborn babes? Is that speaking of the little babies in the nursery? No, you know that, and I know that. It, it means these are people who had become 
new creatures, new Christians, and they were newborn babes. They were desiring the sincere milk of the word that they might grow. We go back to the word, the New Testament, the Old Testament, the Bible, that that is where we get our strength from. And so a Christian is a new creature. And if you are saved, get this, you've been given a new life. And not just like the first day. It's like, yeah, well, that was a long time ago. I've been saved for, for me, it's 39 years. Kind of like the guy that looked at his wife and said, you know, I, I told you when, when we got married, I loved you. And if it ever changes, I'll let you know. And sometimes we treat God that way, you know. We, we act like, you know, the best day of our life was the first day we got saved. And it's been downhill ever since then, you know. And that's why I kind of oftentimes just make light fun, light fun, not serious fun, but light fun of the song that it'll be worth it all when we see Jesus. Not a bad song, but I make light fun of it because it's almost like it's not worth it all now. And it is. It is worth it now. This is a great life we live, and this is not an option to be born again. You will never get to heaven unless you are born twice. And when you're born again, you get a new nature and a brand new start. For every baby born this year, the day they're born, there will be no See, for every baby, there is no yesterdays. There's just all tomorrows. Isn't that great? And you know, for, for us as a believer, get this, there's only tomorrow. We don't live in yesterday. Aren't you glad that we don't live in the past? Paul put it this way. He said, forgetting those things which are what? Behind. And reaching forth to those things which are ahead. And so we've got to understand that this is an exciting day for us because we are beginning a new year. And tomorrow's going to be a fresh start, a fresh year, a fresh beginning. How, how are you looking at the new year? As a, as a newborn Christian, you say, well, I've been saved a long time. Well, don't get over it. You know, it feels like every day is the first day. You ever heard that song? Every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before. Richard, are you here? Richard Pope. That was your mom's favorite song. And then she liked, the other one she liked was, um, see, every day with Jesus and, no, I, I know this one. The longer I serve him, the sweeter he grows. Actually, her favorite song was Every Day with Jesus is Sweeter Than the Day Before. But I like the song also, The Longer I Serve Him, the Sweeter He Grows. Because you see, that all speaks of tomorrow, the next day. It's going to be better the next day. I've got hope. We talked about hope, right, a couple weeks ago? Hope, the, the confident expectation of future blessings. And this is the way I live. And I don't think this is... This is really optional. I think this is the way every Christian should live. It's not necessarily live like me. It's live like the Bible says to live. And that is not the past. Today's a new day, an exciting day. And so I want to encourage you today, if you've never experienced the new birth. You know, yesterday I I had the chance to lead Andrew to Christ. And Andrew, you here? Did you make it back in, Andrew? There you are. Oh, good. Second, third row. So Andrew, fourth row, one, two, three, four. Okay, good, I can count. And uh, Andrew, Andrew went over to Andrew's house, and, or, or actually Devin's house, to, to visit with Andrew. And Andrew um, started talking about his life and some of the things that he regretted in his past. And he's beginning to share those things with me. I said, well, it's part of your testimony, but it's in the past. It's under the blood. Brother, I mean, let God, God, hey, we're talking about this, and God's like, what you talking about? I, I don't remember that. Anybody know Jesus says he remembers our sins no more? We remember them, but he doesn't. 
you know. You see, that's, so, so Andrew yesterday became a, a, a new creature. So can I go to, this, to the third thought? Let me, let me springboard into the next thought. We, we, we learn about this new time religion in the New Testament. We, we, we enter it by a new birth. And then, thirdly, we are made new creatures. I love this. Because this is where transformation takes place. And for some of us, I think we need to be reminded about this transformation that, that took place. If, you, if you're saved, it, it took place. Because you are not saved if you have not experienced a new transformation. It's impossible to be saved without becoming a new creation. Look at it on the screen. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. He's a new creature. Old things are passed away, Andrew. All things become new. This is the first day of the rest of your life. New. Transformation. You know, Cliff used to always talk about this before he passed. He, I'd be with Cliff, and he'd be witnessing to somebody, Cliff Kaufman, and he'd say, yeah, he said, you know, uh, man, oh, uh, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Man, God saved me. He said, I, I became a new creation. I, I, I put down my alcohol. I put down some of the things that, that in my life that were, that, it, that were bad for me and taking me down. And he would talk about those things. And, and then he would talk about how God changed his life. And I, I would listen to him oftentimes refer to the fact that he was different after he got saved. Something happened. Did something happen to you after you got saved? Will you just say, well, yeah, I prayed this little prayer. And, you know, I mean, I, I don't know. It depends on what you're talking about, preacher. What do you mean a transformation? I mean, like, like radical. Like, it's like insane. Like, I mean, it's like everything's new. Like, you sing different songs. You talk different. You, you, you act different. You, you, you're different. You're just a new person. This is like an explosion of Jesus in your life. He took all of your sin. He obliterated your sin. You become this new person. You say, wow, this is pretty serious. Isn't it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a transformation. And it can happen to you when you're 13 years old. You see, that's when it happened to me. I was 13 years old, September the 1st, 1978. And I, I, I came down an altar. I knelt down on a Friday in a Christian school chapel service at 1230 on 516 3rd Street, Hot Springs, Arkansas. And after I received Christ as my Savior, responded to the message of the gospel, and I got saved, and I stood up in that, sur- that, in that chapel service. And here's what the pastor said to me that led me to Christ. His name was Glenn Riggs. And Glenn Riggs said to me, I'll never forget it. He said, Eric... This is the greatest day of your life. Well, let me tell you something. When you're 13 years old, you've had a lot of great days. You have. I mean, listen, I'd hit a, I, I had hit. I, I had hit. I knew what it was like to hit the last second shot in a basketball game and for my team to carry me off the court. How are you feeling about me now, huh? I mean, you didn't know. But I, I, I've done that. And I've been carried off. By 13, I'd experienced that hero, hero, you know, being a hero. Hey, every Christmas morning, my papa gave me a picture of Benjamin Franklin. Do you know who Benj, Benji's on? He's on the $100 bill. Let me tell you, when a 13-year-old kid receives a $100 bill, that's a good day. When a 52-year-old receives a $100 bill, that's a good day. Amen? 
And this guy just tells me when I get up off my knees and pray this prayer. It wasn't the prayer that saved me, but but hang on for the illustration. And he tells me it's the greatest day of my life. Come on. I mean, it's a good day. It's a good day. But the greatest? I don't know. All right, it's been been almost 40 years. He was right. I can't even remember the game. I'm not even sure if it happened. It just sounds good. No, I did. But I don't remember the I don't remember the game and that hundred dollar bill. Hey, my grandkids get it now. It's not fair. It ended. I get no more hundred dollar bills from Papa. In fact, he, Papa's in heaven now. And but 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 I mean it stopped a long time ago. And but you know what? When I got saved, it gets sweeter and sweeter as the days go by. Heaven's sounding sweeter all the time. And it is the greatest day of my life. And it changed my life. And it transformed my life. I'm a different dad. I'm a different pastor. I'm a different friend. I mean, I'm different in every area of my life. My, I look at everything differently because of what Jesus did for me. I became a new creature. And this is evidence that it's real. You see, I think sometimes we wonder, how do, how do we know if it's real? How do we know if it really took? How do we know if somebody really got saved? There's only one way you can tell, and that's just by their lives. We can't judge. We don't know, but we can sure tell. You know what? Something took place in his life that can't be explained. The only way you can explain it is they were born again. Something radically different has happened to that person. That's becoming a new creation. Let me give you the fourth thing. So you see, when we learn about this in the New Testament and we enter it by new birth and then we, we were made new creatures, number four, we receive a new name. A new name. What is that all about? You ever thought about that? Like I've often wondered, okay, God, you know, we used to sing that old hymn, there's a new name written down in glory and it's mine. Oh, yes, it's mine. And the white robe, then you'll tell the story. Has come home. Yeah. Okay. And uh, so this new name written down. What is. Okay. My name's Eric. E R I C. God, can you just use Eric? God says, uh uh-uh. uh. I got me a new name for you. You're my child. You see, your mama and daddy named you Eric. But when you got born again, I became your father. You're going to find out when you get to glory. Look at it. Revelation chapter 2. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to, the, to eat of the hidden manna, and, and I will give him a white stone. And in the stone, a new name. Wow. I mean, it must be some kind of stone. There's got to be millions of them in heaven. Millions of white stones, because everybody gets a white stone. And this white stone's going to have my, my new name. Now, you know what? Names can be secret. Did you know that? God's got a secret name for you. And God's got a secret name for me. Hey, I've got a secret name for my wife, and I ain't telling you what it is. And she's got a secret name for me, and you ain't finding out. So butt out, all right? This is just between me and her. It's because I'm special. In fact, I think there... What's that next slide? When you really know Jesus... There is an intimacy that is sweet and special. It's just between you and him. 
There's a relationship you have with Jesus that you don't have with anybody else. It's just sweet. And, and, and to God, it's, it, it has something to do with this new name. It's a new name. It's written down. It's your new name. And when you were born again, you were given a new name. You know, sometimes I don't know if I quite understand that. I don't know that I, I understand all that goes into this, but I do know this, that I'm going to understand when I get to heaven just how special I am to God. I, I get it now, but I'm going to really get it then when I stand before him and he hands me this white stone and I look at it and read my new name and understand God gave me that name. I don't know what it's going to be. You may say, well, I like my name. I don't want God to change it. Oh, you'll like your new name. Trust me. I mean, God makes no mistakes, amen? It's going to be good. Something to look forward to. A new name. All right, number five. So see, it goes on here. We're talking about this keeping the new in the new year. So, so when you enter this new birth and become a new creature and receive a new name, it brings a new song. A new song. Now, let me tell you what I'm talking about. In Psalm chapter 40 and verse 3, it says, He hath put a, what? New song. It's a new song in my mouth. Even praise unto our God. Now, that's a great verse. But can I tell you, get this, the best part of that verse is the next four words. Many shall see it. What? You don't see a song. You sing a song. You hear a song. You don't see it. Well, according to the Bible, you do. God puts a new song in your mouth. You praise God, but many shall see it. You, you see, what, what we need to remember as a people is that there is a world watching us and looking to see what this new birth really did for us. And if it did for us what the Bible says it does for us, then it puts this new song in my mouth that results in praise to my God that when people see it, they, they fear. And they say, wow, man, whew, that's incredible. I'm going to put my trust in the Lord. I want, I want what they've got. Are you with me? You see, that's why praise and worship is something that that, that when we worship God with, with all of our hearts and all of our minds and all of our souls, when we do it as God has said to do it, it becomes more than a song. It becomes a testimony. It's a song that you hear and a song that you see. You see, people ought to see the song that Jesus has given to us. They ought to see it. They ought to see it. Can they see the song in your life? I mean, is it, is it obvious that, you know, I, and again, I, I'm not trying to rail on secular music, but I tell you, man, people get into music. People get into it. I mean, when I was growing up, my dad's favorite songs were the 50s. Splish, splash, I was taking a bath all upon a Saturday night. Rub-a-dub-dub, just relaxing in the tub, thinking everything was all right. I jumped off the tub, put my feet on the floor. I wrapped the towel around me and I opened the door. I said, splish, splash. I got back in the bed. Anyway, all right. And uh, I remember the words. I could sing Earth Angel. In fact, when I got engaged, I sang to my wife, Earth Angel, Earth Angel, ba-da-da-da. Will you be mine? 
my darling dear, love you all the time. I'm such a fool, a fool in love with you. Da-da-da-da, 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 da-da, your picture. Okay, anyway, and uh, oh yeah, that's what I sang when I got engaged to my wife. And I didn't sing it, you know, I, didn't, I sang it with some feeling. I mean, that was like a, just a little bit of a taste of how she got that song. You know, we sing with a lot of emotion. We get into it. We even dance sometimes. I mean, you know, hey. But you know what? For whatever reason, when it comes to God's song, we think it's got to be shoulders up, stiff as a board, and feet on the floor, and <laughs> ain't no wrap the tile around me and open the door for sure. <laughs> it's just, you know, I don't get emotional about God. I don't know, man. I tell you, it's hard not to. It's hard for me when I think about what Jesus has done for me. It's hard for me not to sing it in such a way that people would see it and say. And by the way, I'm not talking about you. I don't. You've already got it. But there's somebody needs to see my song. Somebody needs to see the song. I was in a post office years ago when we first started our church. And I went to mail some in fact, I do this every year. I've been doing it like I get my Christmas cards that I mail out. And I, I go to the post office and I take the stack and I buy my stamps and, I'm, and I put the stamps on and mail. Now I take Gloria Ann with me. She loves it. She loves it. In fact, it takes a long time because she wants to take every single one, like individually, and bring them to the, to the little thing and put it in and close it and then open and close it. And when you do a hundred of those, that's like you're an hour at the post office. That's the way Gloria Ann likes to do it, so that's the way we do it. But back in the day, I used to go by myself. So this is like way back, like 1979, first couple years of our church. Or excuse me, 1993, 92, I'm sorry, I'm thinking back to when I got saved, 78. But 1992, 93, so I'm at the post office, and I'm going to mail all these things, and so I buy stamps. Now, this was before the adhesive stamps. This is now you got to lick, you know. And so, that, I, I, of course, you, you look a hundred stamps, you get high. It's great. And, uh, <clears throat> I mean, I've never been high on anything but stamp glue, okay? But it, it's pretty cool. Anyway, and uh, so I'm, I'm licking the stamps and putting them on, and, and I'm singing the song. Blessed be the name, blessed be the name, blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name, blessed. And I'm just having a time. Well, I was singing louder than I thought. I don't know how loud. I don't remember how loud. I just know it was loud enough to where the janitor who was mopping the floor at the post office stopped and said, what are you so happy about? Just like that. No joke. Loud and grumpy. And I said, you know, and when that happens, it kind of like takes you back. You ever been taken back by something and you're like, whoa. And you, you like don't know, you don't have time to think about what to say. So I just said back to him very loudly, when he said, what are you so happy about? Of course, I stopped singing at that point, And I said, I'm saved. Well, what does that mean? Right? I mean, I'm saved, you know. And so he asked. He said, saved from what? Hell. And I didn't cuss. I really am saved from hell. Amen. You better get excited about that or we'll give you an opportunity this morning to be saved from hell. It's a great thing. It's a bad place. So I was singing, blessed be the name. 
Because I saved from hell. And he said, what do you do for a living? I said, I'm a preacher. He said, you ain't no preacher. I said, yes, I am. He said, no, you're not. He said, ain't no preacher that happy. <laughs> ain't no way. They're all dignified and, you know, walking in there. They're better than everybody. I said, no, I'm amen. I said, I ain't, no, I ain't one of those. I said, I am a preacher, but I ain't one of them kind. I'm, 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 I'm just a sinner saved by grace. He's excited about it. He said, I don't believe you. I said, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll prove it to you. I'll pick you up Sunday morning in a limousine. And I meant every word of it. Because we had a 1976 checker limousine. We did. That's all our, ch- our church owned one vehicle. We had no buses at the time. We just earned a night. We, we, we owned a 1976 checker limo that we bought in Temple, Texas from a clinic down there that used to use these uh, limousines to transport people from the hotel to the hospital. It was a shuttle. We bought one for $2,000. And we used it to pick people up and bring them to church. I said, I pick up and he said, you, you are lying. You ain't, no, ain't no, you preacher in a limousine. Yeah, right. I said, I'll pick you up 9 o'clock, actually 9.30 Sunday morning. He said, okay, I'll, I'll be ready, but you ain't coming. I said, we'll see. So I dressed up that morning. I put my limousine little hat on, man. I, had, I was all stacked out, had my tie. I look good, man. I drive that limousine, pull it up in front of Albert's house. He walks out, and uh, if you were here like a long time ago, a handful of you, you remember Albert, he walked with a limp. He walked like this. He, had, he was crippled. He walked like this, dragged his leg, and everywhere he went. And so he, he opens that door, and he sees me, and I'm standing by that limo. I had the door open. I'm like this. I said, your ride's here. He said, you are a preacher. <laughs> you do have a limo. And I said, yeah. Albert came to church. He got saved. He got baptized in the old horse trough. He did. Albert got called to preach, went to the mission field for five years before he got to where he needed more medical care and had to come back because he had polio or some kind of disease that he couldn't, he couldn't stay out there. He was killing himself. It's a cool story. But it all started with, blessed be the name. Blessed be the name. You say, that's embarrassing. I can't sing. God never said you had to be able to sing. He just said, lift up your voice and sing. He said, look, I'll take whatever voice you got. You don't have to have a voice like Sonia or a voice like Jordan or or a voice like Chloe. Just sing. Just sing about Jesus. Let people know, hey, there's something about you that's different. And I'm not saying you need to sing in the post office. Listen, that might be devastating, okay? (laughs) It might run people off. I'm just, I'm joking. But I am saying this, that our lives ought to be a testimony as to what Jesus has done for us. What about Ephesians 5, 19? We'll close with this. One last, I got one last thought, but here's the last verse. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your hearts to the Lord. And when you do that, when you do that, it it makes a difference in the lives of people around you. Finally, we're done. So we, we have this new birth and we become new creatures. We get a new name. God puts a new song in our hearts. And we take all of this to what's called the new heaven and the new earth. That's what scripture talks about. I'll show you. Revelation 21 in your text. It's on the screen. Verse 1. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away. Wow. Passed away. Yeah. Like that's talking about this earth. 
Are you with me? This earth is rough. Anybody understand what I'm talking about? This earth is rough. Look, I've been a dad for 27 years. The America that Laney is going to grow up in scares me half to death. 27 years ago, it was bad. I mean, 27 years ago, I mean, I was, I was concerned. I mean, I thought, man, I got, I got to be a good dad. I got to be on the watch. I got to be, because there's some rough things out there. 27 years later, I'm like, whew, man, I got to be a good papa. I got to have a game face on. I mean, I, I mean, raising kids was tough, and now trying to pray my grandkids through this old rough earth. And I mean, this, this, this place has got some serious pitfalls. There's some, there's some tough things out there, and this is a bad place. These are some dark days we're living in. But I am a glowing optimist. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, honestly, we live in some pretty tough days, and we live in a dark world, but there's a new heaven and a new earth coming and john says he saw it coming out of heaven called new jerusalem coming down from god prepared as a bride adorned for her husband i'm gonna tell you something this place is something god is preparing for us when he takes us out of this mess and puts us in a really nice situation amen you think you live in a nice neighborhood now you all in the ghetto you feel sorry for me in the hood let me tell you something we're all in the hood compared to that every one of us Everyone, I don't care how nice your house is, it's going to burn. I don't care how many cars you got, they're going to burn. I don't care how many square feet you got. You are not going to have that place in heaven. That place belongs in the ghetto compared to where we're going to a new heaven and a new earth and a new Jerusalem. Enjoy it while you're here, but just look at it as just nothing compared to that. So what I'm saying is this. Do not forget that we have a place that God is preparing for us. And you can let your imagination run wild, but you will not be able to conceive what heaven's going to be like. This past week, we had the homegoing services for Lola, right, Richard? And the family was there, beautiful. It was great. It was beautiful. It was, it was a celebration, wasn't it? It was a celebration. I mean, you can hardly get us out of the funeral home. I hate calling it that. I don't even like calling it that. That's what it is, but... It was like church. I mean, Sonia sang, we shall behold him and hit the high note at the end. I mean, I thought the windows were going to break, Richard. I did. I thought, oh my, is she going to go for it? Oh, she went so high. I think this is a funeral, Sonia. Calm down. These people are trying to mourn the loss of their loved one. What's wrong with you? And then I look out there and they're crying and smiling in tears. And I think somebody wanted to clap and... I got to thinking, we ain't no funeral. We're at a home-going service. Lola's in heaven. She's walking streets of gold. She's shouting praises to God. She's checking out her square footage in her mansion. And you say, well, I don't know about all that. Well, let, let, me, let me just let my imagination run wild if you don't mind. Could I do that? If you don't mind, I'm just going to let my imagination run wild about heaven because I ain't going to come close. I'm not going to come close, church. Whatever I try to do to describe heaven to you is going to be like so weak... You're going to get to heaven and say, gee, preacher, you dropped the ball. Dude, man, I mean, bless your heart. You weren't connected that day. I, you just didn't do it. I told you I wasn't. I'm telling you right now. If you want me to preach on heaven, there's, that, there's not much I can do with it because my little finite mind can't comprehend what God has in store with this new heaven and this new earth. And so I challenge you today. Live in the new. 
live in the new. You say, well, I'm just kind of old-fashioned. That's okay. Be old-fashioned, but be a new old-fashioned. Don't be a fuddy-duddy. Don't be a grump. Don't be a grudge. Don't be a, a pessimist. See, God is a God that wants to do something fresh and new. He wants to send revival. He wants to raise up a generation of children and young people in our church to go out and do greater works than we've ever done. And their hairdos may be different, and their music may sound different, and their clothes may be a little different. Good night. Have you ever looked at what we wore back then? We look different. We were funny looking. We did things strange. We were, our music was different. I mean, every generation's got a new thing going. But the truth of the matter is, is it's the same God, same Jesus, same salvation, same power in the blood. Amen. It just takes on new looks and new cell phones and new buildings and new technology and new pulpits. And somebody says, well, I like that 10,000 pound pulpit you had, preacher. Well, just talk to the people that have to move it and ask them if they're glad I got this one. This is a blessing. I mean, this is like, you know. I mean, how many remember that 10,000-pound pulpit? Yeah, okay, okay. Oh, it's ridiculous, man. And you know, the funny thing is, I requested it. I said, I want a pulpit so big. And so they built me one. And boy, did I ever regret it after I lifted that thing a few times. Oh, big pulpits were great. There was a day when a pulpit as big as this stage was looked at as the coolest thing on planet Earth. But can I tell you what? All it did was just hold my Bible. That's all it did. And guess what? This one does the same thing. And a Bible that's falling apart means the man probably isn't. Amen? <laughs> Mine's falling apart. But all that to say, all that to say this. Church, I, 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 just, I just pray that as we leave this place and conclude the service that if you, two things. One, if you've never experienced the new birth that you would right now, I mean, this morning, I mean, Andrew can tell you about it. God, God's changing his life as we speak and working on him. He took the next step, and he's got the next one and the next one and the next one and the next one and the next one. It's going to be a journey for you, my, my friend. And some of us, are we're far down that journey, but guess what? It shouldn't be old. And if you're like, well, I don't know. Just to me, it's just like same old, same old. Something's wrong. Back up and punt because you need to put the new back in the new year. We call it Happy New Year for a reason. It's new. It's fresh. It's a new start. Old things have passed away. All things become new. So let's start this new year off with a new vision for our lives. Every head bowed, every eye closed. With heads bowed and eyes closed, in just a moment, we're going we're gonna to sing that song that we've enjoyed this year, Frontiers, and, and just let the Lord move and the Spirit of God speak to our hearts and take a few moments. Brother Doug, Brother Butch, and myself are going to be here at the altar and we're just here as a way of saying we, we love you. And, and if there is someone that needs maybe some special prayer or maybe you've come this morning and, and you just haven't seemed to been able to get off that new birth thing. I mean, you're just stuck right there. You're like, that's me. I need that. I, 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 I need what, what you were talking about, Pastor. I have that first birth, but I don't have the second one, and maybe that's you. Well, that's why we're here. We're here to help you take that next step. But, but maybe you've already taken that step, and yet things just seem old. It just, everything seems old. Just, the Christian life is somewhat stale, and, and you just can't seem to enjoy the new, the fresh, because it's just been a while since you've let go and just let God show you something greater. And so I pray that this morning that 
you would put the new back in the new year, that, that you would get in your New Testament, which is, by the way, your Old Testament, because they both look to Jesus. And maybe you'd, you'd, you'd thank God for your new birth, and, and, and you'd recognize the transformation in the new creation. And then you'd get excited about your new name and start singing a new song and, and start anticipating a new heaven and a new earth. I mean, listen, the Bible says a whole lot about the new. So let's, let's, let's enjoy this new year. And maybe 2018 is going to be the breakthrough year for all of us. It should be. It should be. Father, I love you and I thank you, God, for the freedom that you've given me this morning to, to preach and proclaim your word. Thank you for the laughter. Thank you for the fun we've had. Thank you, God, for the stories. But God, most importantly, thank you for the scripture. Lord, this message is nothing without the text of your word. And God, you've reminded us on several occasions throughout this message about the fact that you're, you're new and you're fresh. And, and God, you've got something for us this year that's going to be just something we've never experienced before. So I pray that you'd open our, our hearts and our minds to that, that, God, we would be willing to, to leave our ourself here at the altar and, and step out into the great unknown by faith of, of what awaits us, Lord. God, I love you, and I love this church, and I pray that you'd prepare us for the next great, great journey you have for us in this year of the child. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Shall we stand, everyone, together? If you need to come, the altars are open. If not, worship. Worship with us. I cannot feel your love So strong and still From where I've hidden I cannot hear your voice Above my will But still you
Lord, I, I, I think that rededication means that I've, I've messed everything up. And maybe I haven't messed it all up, but God, I do want to present my body this morning fresh and anew to you. A living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is my reasonable service. And God, I pray that as I rededicate my life, that all of us would determine that 2018 is going to be a new year. And I'm going to present my new birth and, and my opportunity.